You ready? Mm-hmm. Can I cough now? Yes, you can. Cough oh. all you want. Oh, I like this. <coughs> oh, we can all cough together. Yes. <coughs> <coughs> oh, y'all make me feel special. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, welcome to another stop here on the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams, joined as always by... Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this stop on the Michelle Mission, a bona fide comedy classic, Blazing Saddles. He rode a blazing saddle. Directed by Mel Brooks, starring Gene Wilder. Cleavon Little. And How you gonna go Gene Wilder before Cleavon Little? I know, right? Look what I did. Mm-hmm. We should probably talk about that. Yeah, little, we should. Little Freudian slip. Yeah, we should. But before we do that, we are joined in the third chair by... Ooh, we have multimedia journalist, photographer, lady avant-garde. Just a hyphenate. The woman in black, if you will. It is the lovely, the delightful... Dare we say the delicious Bobby Booker in the studio. I accept all of those. All right. Welcome. Hey, Bobby. How you hey, doing? Hey, what's up, gang? Hey, hey. Welcome, yeah. welcome, welcome. Anyway, if you say Gene Wilder first, it's okay. He's always invited to the barbecue. <laughs> you know. Mm, okay. Well, think about it now. Gene did those buddy movies did four of them he did he with did. richard Pryor. yeah but one we don't talk about i understand that <laughs> see no evil, evil hear no evil never never happened never to talk it, no it talk ne- no evil. never happened no but before we get into all of that mm-hmm. yes we like to go over all of the feedback that we receive from all of our fans that hit us up on missionaries yes the missionaries that like and follow us on instagram and twitter all at one word at me show mission and also our members of our facebook fan page and email us at me show mission at gmail.com we got an email from aaron fry hey what's up aaron and he asked the question vince that um actually bobby can answer this question as well all right oh bobby here's a silly question what food combination did you have as a child that you can't eat as an adult aaron continues this is going to sound horrible but for me it was slim jims and miracle whip i have no idea how it started but i used to dip slim jims into a jar of miracle whip and enjoy the hell out of the taste my cholesterol must have been off the charts back in the day i've stopped that unhealthy habit decades ago how about you any weird combination you wish to share (laughs) i i was such a funny eater as a child i i could only eat yellow vegetables and mm. yellow so only corn only corn and mac and cheese i'm mm. mac I, and cheese is not a vegetable well it is when you're five right <laughs> right 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 it's right. like whatever you can get in right true. right right true that but you know i came from that era where you had to learn how to cook for yourself so my grandmother taught me how to boil an egg and mm-hmm. make a hot dog but i was in the mayonnaise sandwiches Mayonnaise wow. sandwiches. My sister was in the mayonnaise sandwiches. I, wow. I can't even imagine eating one today. But, I mean, just mayo and bread, and I was a happy camper. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. I remember one time um, trying to eat a mayonnaise sandwich, and for some strange, silly reason, I was like, this doesn't look complete. 
So I put because my because it's a condiment. Yes. So I put my stream beans <gasps> on it. Oh, that was that was that was a bad that was a bad night. Actually, I I like mayo on string beans. Really? I, I still like that. This is the strangest conversation. I never thought we'd go down this path. <laughs> you never know what is going to happen on this show. On the mission? No, you do not. What a kind? What combination? I'm not sure when it happened, but I loved, loved, loved egg salad. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I just thought about the fact that you're mixing boiled eggs with mayonnaise, and that can't possibly be good. And then I stopped eating egg salad. How old were you? Like probably thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, I'm not an egg salad man either, but but that's not a weird combination. I mean, egg salad is a thing. It's not like you were putting your egg salad and putting peanut butter in it. Right, right, right. I mean, I don't know how weird this is because you hear people doing it. Like, I've put potato chips on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich before. Yeah, I know people that do that. I know people that do that all the time. I used to put peanut butter on my, um, when I was a kid, on my frozen waffles and then dump it with syrup. Oh, that's not, that's how my that. dad eats his pancakes. With peanut butter and Peanut syrup. butter on pancakes? Yeah. Oh, that don't sound great. He's right. Look. He's I, very progressive. I mean, you know. <laughs> Is that what we're calling that progressive? It's not string beans on a mayonnaise sandwich, but no, it's not. Fair point. Okay, touche. You win <laughs> this time. <laughs> Show just started. Hey, either way, we weren't dipping Slim Jims in the Miracle Whip. I don't know what. I don't know what he was thinking. Was there marijuana involved? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. What age are we talking? <laughs> Because things change up. That's very when true. the munchies come into effect. Ugh, that is very true. Would you consider yourself a hip hop head, Bobby? Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. What's what's your what's your gold era? Your golden era of hip hop? Um, uh, Neo Soul, the the Roots, and Jill. Back when Jill was a, a Slim Jim, uh, the mid nineties. Okay. Okay. That mid that. That well, I'd say late '80s through the aughts. We got a question last week. I want to ask you. We got a question from Bougie Square Society of last week. Name three songs that made you love hip hop. Three songs. I mean, we would be dipping back into the stacks for real. I know. Um, Digging in no crates, right? No doubt. I mean, you know the. The early era, I mean, I, I, hey, what's that? The the real rapper's delight when that mm. came out. Um, I mean, I was there from the onset. That what's was, the first rap record you knew from beginning to end? Oh, goodness. Eh, I know it was something like Rapper's Delight, Trouble Funk, but that's more go go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's Vince World. Yeah, can we talk, you know, a little go-go. But I mean, but all of those things merged in that era because a party was a party was a party. Amen. Mm. And hip-hop didn't really exist early on. Um, Some of my faves, though, from the gate was the teacher, KRS-One. Okay. Um, I love the ladies. That were doing their thing, the early Salt and Peppers, um, Latifa, Latifa, definitely Light, 
Light. MC Light, without a doubt. Um, Did you don't play with my yo-yo. Yeah, yo-yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Did you try to be a rapper? Never. Never? Mm-mm. No, no, no. I thought every I thought every like black person had to have at least like one sixteen bars in their in their lifetime. Yeah, you know, I had something, but I I rather write about them. I mean, okay. I was out there, right? I was right. out there, sort of checking the rhyme behind the the stage and checking out the shows and giving it my spin. Mm-hmm. So you know, I picked my battle, that and is. that was with the pen. That's smart. Well, hey, it worked for Rock Yam. It could work for you. Mm-hmm. There you go. We um, let people know that we were going to be reviewing Blazing Saddles uh, tonight. And George Kimona out of New York. What's up, George? Said, it's a cosmic coincidence. I was just at the Warner Brothers lot and the tour guy told us that this was the gate that was at the end of the movie. Apparently, there was a guy who kept getting in the shot. So finally, Mel Brooks said, F it, he can stay. (laughs) I'm familiar with that little piece of um, trivia because the the guy he actually he turns around he looks puzzled he's <laughs> <laughs> right when Harvey Corman runs past with the uh, the pie mask yes. on there's a guy in a blue sweater who is dazzled by all of this commotion and he turns around and looks at Harvey when Harvey hails a cab. Right. And it seemed to have worked. It uh, it definitely worked. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Keep it in the movie. Keep it in. You are you are you uh, a movie head? Not at all. Really? Oh, Not okay. at all. <laughs> Documentaries a bit more. Um there's only a couple of movies that I like, but the minute I got this call, there was only one movie that came to mind. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Wow. It's the one movie that I will watch if I feel down, if I just want to kind of check some things out and come out of the zone or just disappear into yeah. a zone. All right. Well, hold on to that. We're going to allow you to whip it out. Oh. Oh. But first, these messages and the trailer. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. You know Thomas Jefferson received a 1,200-pound block of cheddar cheese for his presidential inauguration? That a 17th-century pope spent $25,000 on sugar sculptures for a single banquet? Can you tell me exactly why was Marie Antoinette so hung up about cake? Medievalist and food historian Laura Carlson brings you The Feast, a podcast where meals make history. Let Laura take you on a culinary journey to the past. Find out how food and drink has changed the course of history from royal banquets to revolutionary lunch counters. What ancient and medieval foods are lurking in your kitchen cabinet? Discover the histories behind your favorite recipes from tofu to ketchup to beer. Join Laura Carlson on The Feast, brought to you by Podglomerate. Because food is just history on a plate. Dig in. Torn from the fiery pages of the mightiest annals of the West comes the supreme saga 
in the great tradition of frontier drama. Schwarzes. People call me Jim. Well, do your best. Now let's see. Where were we? Oh, Rock Ridge. Rock Ridge. I want that land. Clumsy fool. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. There might be legal precedent. Of course. Land snatching. Let's see. Land, 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 sea snatch. Ah. Hello, handsome. Is that a ten-gallon hat? So just sign this, yes, sir, right here. Oh, okay, give us a hand here. All right, sir. Work, 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 work. Okay, folks, let's wipe it out! The heroic sheriff rallies his citizens in the wildest finish the West has ever seen or the movies have ever shown. Oh! 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 Have you ever seen such cruelty? Blazing Saddles, a 1974 American satirical western film directed by Mel Brooks, starring Cleavon Little. They got it right. Gene Wilder. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in a film that was written by Brooks, Andrew Bergman, Norman Steinberg, Al Uger, and Richard Pryor, based on Bergman's story and draft, the film received generally positive reviews, was nominated for three Academy Awards, and is ranked number six on the American Film Institute's 100 Years, 100 Laughs la- list. The film, a satirical look at racism obscured by myth-making Hollywood accounts of the American West, with the hero being a black sheriff in an all-white town, is full of uh, deliberate anachronisms from the Count Basie Orchestra playing April in Paris to Slim Pickens referring to the wide wide world of sports uh it also stars along with slim pickens alex Karras, uh da- david huddleston uh dom deluise harvey corman harvey corman and the immortal madeline khan <laughs> in 1974's blazing saddles bobby booker's selection for this stop on the michaud mission Bobby, you were saying that Blazing Saddles is the movie that you pull you pull out when you need a pick me up. This is this is what you go to. <laughs> when were you first introduced to Blazing Saddles? I I saw it. Oh boy, where is that? Sam Eric down at 19th and Chestnut. Yeah, boy. <sighs> 
Yeah, boy. When it came out. Okay, not the first run. I went to the dollar run. Oh, that's when I saw it. Okay. <laughs> that's when I saw that's, it. So, so it, it cost me more to download it <laughs> to that watch. Funny. <laughs> that's right. Then it did when I went with my then boyfriend and we got sodas and popcorn and and saw several movies. That's right. Right, right. That's including right. this one. So And you fell in love with it right then? Immediately. Yeah. Oh, it, well Mel Brooks was the man at that time. I mean, we're also talking about um uh young Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein. Um <laughs> you know, all of the silent movie, which mm. I think is just maybe I know a little bit more about, about movies than I'd like to admit, but <laughs> I, I, I just I, I really liked I really liked the Mel Brooks era, mm-hmm. and I was into all of the the films that were coming out then. But Blazing Saddles was the one that that stole my heart. Yeah, yeah. Why so? Were you? Was it the the Western aspect of it, or was oh, it God. just the the political aspect? Or this was just a damn I, funny I, movie. I, was, I, I never liked westerns. Actually, the what got me was the real understated performance of Cleavon Litter. Little. Yeah. I I dug him from the beginning. And none of that has changed over the years. In yeah. fact, I mm-hmm. adore him even more right. because he um he carried himself with I don't want to say it was understated, but it was definitely pride. Mm-hmm. He, he. Even though he was a straight man in this movie, there was still that little comic edge. Almost definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But he never played into what was happening around him. Right. And it was just a mad, mad world that that he found himself in. Right. But he still managed to live on his own terms Mm -hmm. and the movie is set up i mean from the gate when the the first and music is a part of how that's set up because when cleavon's character bart is introduced he's on the railroad yeah Yeah. chain gang with the with the railroad and they're saying you know sing this uh this 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 song this jump up and down mammy song and the other guys are ready to, like, you know, lose it. And he takes control of the situation, leans in, and then turns around and sings, what's that, the Sinatra song? I get no kick yeah. from champagne Their oh, <laughs> alcohol okay. doesn't thrill me at all. I mean. Yeah. That's the setup. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that to me, that I knew I was in for a ride. Yeah. Because once that happened, I said, hmm, mm-hmm. this is going to be interesting. Yep. And of course, the, the first little joke is not just the song, but as he starts the second stanza. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember what it is, but I know what exactly what you're talking about. You know, he <laughs> says, <laughs> I get a some get a kick out of cocaine. <laughs> you know? yes. Which, of course, later on, when you know the story about what happened with Richard Pryor and one of the big reasons why they didn't want him right. to play that part. Right. You go, hmm. 
this is why the movie theater wouldn't put let him play that part. Yeah, why the producers? Yeah, the producers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or it wasn't. No, Mel wanted him. Mel, Mel, wanted, Mel him. wanted him. But the Warner studio, Brothers, right, studio. They said they couldn't get him insured. They wouldn't. They wouldn't <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Like, he, he didn't even show up for all the writing sessions. And right. now you want to give him <laughs> the starring role. <laughs> and and as much as we, we have admired and extolled our virtues on Richard Pryor and his mm-hmm. many gifts, I couldn't see Richard Pryor pulling this off. Because mm-hmm. Richard Pryor would have been would have leaned too hard into the comedy of well, it. Well, he would have changed the rhythm of it. Yeah. He would, you know. And Just that scene alone. Yeah. Right. He doesn't pull that scene off. Yeah. The subtlety mm-hmm. that Cleavon brings to this part is, it is unmistakable. And he rides that wave the whole movie. Yeah. And there's no way Richard Pryor could have done it. No. Mm-mm. No, no. Plus... What the first time this is the first time I really noticed it watching it today, rewatching mm-hmm. it today, that Cleveland Little, who is a good looking man, mm-hmm. very good looking, dark skinned man, mm-hmm. his features are similar on a black man to the stereotypical Western heroes of mm. Gary Cooper. In, in John Wayne in those yeah. films. So that's why that still plays off like perfectly having him in that role. Oh, when, when they get to the part um, when he's introduced as the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> the sheriff and, is a nearborn. No, no, no. Long before that. When, uh, what is it, the Count Basie? When the Count Basie, oh, he's riding through the. Yes. Yeah, when they're playing April. He's, and and they, they, yeah. they focus on the Gucci, which I have. I always fall out about yeah. that. But the, the, the designer duds, the designer horse. That's right. That's right. And when they pull out and do that long shot, and you just go, you know, this is one good looking man. He, 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 <laughs> looks, he looks, I think that's part of the comedy. Mm. He actually looks like a sheriff. Yes. Like, like you know, he kind of fits in this mode. And the absurdity, of course, is that he's black. Mm-hmm. And you know, certainly we can't have a black person, but it's not—it's not absurd because you know he's—he's he's goofy and Mm-mm. you know he can't quite do it. No, he's quite capable. It's just he's black, and these people are racist. Where Richard Pryor, much respect, but mm-mm. he couldn't have—he couldn't have pulled that off. There would have been a different kind of of joke, not. The the backbone and the self-assurance that Cleavon brings to that is never lost throughout the whole movie. Right. And it it actually grows. Yeah. And I am, you know, that's the, the thing that, that got me from the gate. From the tune that he chooses, or of course they choose, but the, the tune that establishes his character mm-hmm. until the end. He is always, he never, he never lets them see him sweat. Right. And he's still living by his own terms. Yeah. You yeah. know? So... I, I I think my next favorite part is is when he takes that shovel and bashes. Slim <laughs> uh, Pickens. Oh, but that we'll get there. Oh yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. Vince, when were you introduced to? Lady oh, I, I mean, 
I, I could not have been older than eight or nine because because my father loves this movie. <laughs> my father loves this movie, and I have never witnessed my father laugh at anything harder mm. than the bean scene. Oh, that is such a guy <laughs> thing. Like my like the joy that that brings to my father. I will always be in the bag for Blazing Saddles because of that. <laughs> so, yeah, I've watched this my whole life. And, and you, you know, it is kind of, it was a fascinating exercise looking at it today. Okay. Through, you know, Michelle Mission eyes. Yeah. yeah. And how much it holds up and how smart it is. You know, I, th- I think... I, th- I think, you know, we, we start out when I said, oh, Gene Wilder first. And I think part of that speaks to what you were saying about Cleavon Little, mm-hmm. where he's so above it all mm-hmm. and he's so kind of detached that I, I have to admit. So when I think about it, Gene Wilder pops in my head first because Cleavon Little is so removed almost. You know, he's driving it. He's orchestrating it, mm-hmm. but he's not of it. You know, he never gets any dirt on him. He's never, you know, he's just sort of by himself. And and it's it's sort of ironic. Like, we're talking about, oh, Cleavon Little and Richard Pryor was going to play this role. And Cleavon Little and Richard Pryor. But what it really makes me think of, and we've talked about this previously, this is almost an Eddie Murphy type deal. Where Bart is so much smarter. Mm-hmm. than everybody else mm-hmm. that he has the room to kind of be this smart ass and and you know and, and kind of look at the absurdity of it and besides Eddie Murphy it's it's Bugs Bunny oh yeah you know so much so that that they actually kind of lampshaded with the <laughs> you know candy gram for Mongo mm-hmm. and then they play the little music but you know I love the cast I I, I love the I love the story you, you know, the whole anachronism thing, Mel Brooks kind of drives that into the ground. But that's Mel Brooks. But the moments that it works, that it, you, you know, like you said, the Count Basie scene is is fantastic. Mm. You, you know, the Count Basie scene is fantastic. I actually like there's a moment at the end where 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 Cleavon Little and Gene Wilder are going in and out of the theater. And they say, you know, oh, well, let's go and see how the movie ends. Right. And then when Gene Wilder appears back in the actual story, he still has popcorn (laughs) that he's eating. (laughs) So, you know, it's little moments like that where, like you said, it's Mel Brooks and it's very broad and it's very big. But there are these really clever little bits Hmm. that let you know that this is a craftsman. You know, this isn't just fart jokes and, you know. Yeah, and I think it's easy. In gay jokes, it's easy to get lost in thinking of it just kind of like the fart jokes and and the the n word all over the place, right? But it but it really isn't. Like, yeah, that bean scene. The bean scene is epic. Yes, it's a guy thing, but yeah, I, I've seen do. many women laugh at it as well. <laughs> I know. Bobby, you want to tell me you didn't laugh? I'm the- not saying I didn't <laughs> laugh, but it it it's the thing though. Guys love that darn. Fart scene. Women love it too. Mm. See, they're eating beans, and the beans is causing them to pass gas. Oh, that's what it is. That's the entire joke. I got it. 
I didn't say I missed the joke. I just don't like the joke. I've known my father my entire life. I have never seen him laugh harder at anything. I must admit, than the beans. This is the movie that I turned my son on to at about the same age that you were. It was like a snow day coming up, and we're this is I, I this is before streaming anything. I go to the local library, and this is the movie I rent, and I'm raving about. It. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, you've got to see this, and thus he was introduced to. Mm. And, and I he, bet he still, loves the fart oh, scene. Yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> yes, guys, <laughs> it's boxy. Um, but but this, I mean, but that's you forget forget all about that. Like mm-hmm. you, you both have said, there's a smartness to this movie that I think is why, despite the very you know liberal use of the N word, it's a movie that. You maybe can't make today, mm-hmm. but a right. movie that still uh, resonates today because mm-hmm. there's a there's an intelligence underneath all of that. There's a there's a there's a um, there is a satire to what they're doing, right? And because Cleavon Little's character is being portrayed to the highest with his full intelligence intact, um, you can't you. That gives you allowance to be like, oh, okay, he knows what's going on. They're mm-hmm. not getting over. They they can be. They just jerks and just saying whatever. And he's he's above it all. He he's like, yeah, I'm better than these people. They are, you know, like like he says when he after he you know um, kidnaps himself <laughs> from, <laughs> from 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 his introduction. He's like, they are so. Stupid. They're, I'm 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 so talented and they are so dumb. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. so he gives you the allowance to accept what's going on. And I think that's why the movie is still, you know, considered the classic that it is. Because there are some movies. It's funny, I was in watching this, it was reminded me uh few years ago, this may be maybe about ten years ago. I introduced my a friend of mine to she had never seen Eddie Murphy's concert movies, mm. any of them. So I showed her Delirious, which was his HBO special, and she and she liked it. And then we sat down the next day and saw Raw. Mm. And she she didn't make it through 20 minutes of Raw because she said this is this is just he's just mad. He's mm. just angry. Right, right. You know, and, and I was like, no, this is this is a classic but then in like she like she literally left and i sat there watching it and i had to be like cringing like ooh, oh yeah I, she was right yeah, yeah she's yeah. right so it, there's a part of me that's surprised that you know this film mm-hmm. still holds up despite some of it some of its humor but it it, it holds up it's, it's just an intelligent movie well it, comparing it to raw there, there is no meanness in this film, that's true. Right. Like, like, like you know, I, th- I think, you know, we're talking about the the liberal use of of the word nigger and and this, that, and the other. But black people are never the butt of the joke. Like, there's never a moment in this film where Brooks and company are punching down. Mm. You know, even the, the the you know, frankly, the homophobic 
jokes and you know there's that moment with Dom, with where Dom DeLuise is talking and, yeah but they are not the, the men aren't dehumanized mm-hmm. you, you know there isn't this this sense that that anyone's going to abuse them mm-hmm. you, you know if anything is the joke it's ignorance and racism so I think that's also part of the reason that that it it lives because that never goes out of style I think if this movie were made and the N-word were not used in it, because I, I think this this is a movie that if you if you took that out and still just made the point, um, it would truly be a timeless classic. I'm always disturbed, even in that era. I was always disturbed by the use of that word. And it's real interesting how Mel plays it because Mel never says the full word. That's right. He never, he just, he, he goes, you know, nah. Right. He lets you fill in the blanks. Mel Brooks Brooks in the three roles that he plays. That's right. Mel Brooks. That's right. He never says the word. Mm Mm-hmm. I've noticed that before. Yeah, and that I find, and I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, there's a reason why he framed this so that that word would not come out of his his mouth. Right. Right. He understood what he was creating. And I think it is, you know, absent the use of that word, though the movie would truly be... Uh, something to hold up and go. I want my children to watch and understand this. Right, right. Well, wait a minute. But you, you let your child watch. I did with the full understanding of you know, okay. what, what what we were dealing with. Okay, gotcha. and you know, I, I have to say again, there there's a value judgment placed on it. Mm-hmm. Like like it's not used as a synonym for blackness. It's like there's only a certain type of people. You know, you're talking about quotes. My absolute favorite quote after Bart has been abused by the townspeople and Gene Wilder is is trying to console him and he tells him, you know, you've got to remember that these are just simple farmers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these are people of the land, the common clay of the New West. You know, morons. <laughs> <laughs> and and his reaction <laughs> is pure. I know. It is. It is. Yeah. It, it's a beautiful Cause, moment. Cause it really laughs. is. Yeah. Yes. He just he just completely burst out yeah. laughing. But I mean, it's also something that when you go back and check out Cleavon's background, I mean, he was born in Oklahoma. Right. He understands this, uh, this proud is his world. world. This is right. his world. He gets it. Yeah. And um you you know, he he knows how to circumvent it and again still live on his own terms right um i'm always impressed by the uh so-called love scene but <laughs> there's there's a lot there but <laughs> that's what she said yeah baby <laughs> there's one of those quiet jokes in there that that comes up a little later on when he goes back 
to uh, the chain gang mm-hmm. and his boy sees him. Yeah. He's drinking the water yeah. and he, you know, he's, he's having a sip and he sees uh, 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 what's uh, Sheriff Bart and the Waco kid coming in mm-hmm. and he runs up to him. He's like, get down off that horse. I heard you were hung. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. To which, <laughs> to which Sheriff Bart says, I am. <laughs> but he doesn't linger on it. No, it's right. just it's right. just one of those little charms that's just dropped there. Like yeah. bink. Yeah. It's a statement of fact and it's true and off we go. And it's not fetishized. There you go. Like like black male sexuality is well, you, you know, it's not the joke. Right. So they, they had enough of that earlier. Right. <laughs> but what I really liked about the uh the the comedic love scene is it was his use of his limited use of German language <laughs> that that opened the door to her going, oh, wait a minute. He, you know, he when she said, let me change into something a little more comfortable, and he <laughs> says, a bit of baby. Yeah. And and she's like, ooh. <laughs> yes. You know, off she runs. And the only other word he says is I be the same. Exactly. That's it. I be the same baby. He ends everything with baby. And at that point, she's just clawing at the door. Like, you know. But it was it again to me, that just showed how this character knew how to control Mm -hmm. his element. Yeah. And still, as always, live you know his life on his terms oh the other german word what was it It was about the sausage how many 15 um is my limit yeah <laughs> but the camera work on that it's backing right, up right, as you right. see this long giant yes piece yes. of meat but i also like that <laughs> camera follows him and when he comes back to the office he's exhausted <laughs> yeah yeah so you know it's not like he's this you, you know energizer like superman. bunny superman right you know, buck that can do everything right it's like no i'm i'm pretty tired because <laughs> i'm a human being well true and we're talking about madeline Kahn. we're talking about madeline Kahn, 1974 1974 you mm. know best supporting actress nominee Madeline Kahn. It's mm. it's a great. The cast is so good. It is so it is so the good. Cast and is only because so we, we mentioned her now, so I just want to live on her for a second. I was such a huge fan of Madeline Kahn. Oh. Uh, I man, Madeline Kahn could do no wrong for me, man. I mean, like this, and then you talk about Young Frankenstein. Oh man. yeah, I mean her whole career, her whole career, man. You know, going too soon. Um, uh, uh, but she's just like her comedic timing. Yeah, oh, she yeah. was on point. I, I I wish I I knew that she was very big on the stage because she actually got nominated for Tony Awards as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never got a chance to see her see her on stage. I was just too young. Mm-hmm. I, right. I would have loved to see her on stage. Um, that she she steals this freaking movie. She, oh yeah, she still and and I I contend because she was nominated for best supporting actress this year and right. we know historically comedies don't get the right the respect that they they do 
She lost to Ingrid Bergman, who won for Murder on the Orient Express. I like Ingrid Bergman. I I love myself in Ingrid Bergman. But for Murder on but, the Orient but, Express, not for Murder on the Orient Express. Well, I mean, it's a lifetime achievement. Had she she had never won one yeah, before. Yeah, I think that's our only one. Oh yeah, yeah, lifetime achievement. Well, I don't appreciate that I over mean, Madeline you know, Kahn. Yeah, no, they should have gone to Madeline Kahn. That, that, <laughs> And and, and and Ingrid Bergman, I like Ingrid Bergman, to be honest, eh, I mean, she wasn't that great, you know, she was aight, she was aight, you know, she, you know, you know Casablanca and, 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 and Gaslight, and that's pretty much, you know, Ingrid Bergman, that's the, the best of Ingrid Bergman, and those um, were like 50 years before this. I'm only this. gonna fight with you about Ingrid Bergman, but for so long. Look, if she can go in on Mel Brooks, I can go in on Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> You know, I messed around and took advantage of my <laughs> my access as a, a media person. And when Mel Brooks did the tour, maybe about five years ago oh, now. Oh, like a oh, speaking yeah, tour. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So I, I made sure I was in the audience because I wanted to hear what he had to say about Blazing Saddles. Mind you, he said the same thing everywhere. Same story. Right, right. But I was still fascinated by a story that I had heard from another movie person of mine. It was real interesting to hear Mel say it. And it was about Madeline and Cleavon. It was the scene that was cut. Oh, yeah. 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 And I, I think that was a pretty good decision to cut that scene, although because they'd already kind of played with that idea. Yeah. A couple of times, yeah. right, right, and that probably would have taken it over the edge. I'll I'll let you to describe it if you don't want to keep your listeners in well, suspense. Well, the the, the the line of dialogue that is cut, they, the two of them are in the dark, and you just hear them. And at one point, Malin Khan's character says something to the effect, "Oh, it's so true, it's so true what they say." And then Bart says, "You know, I hate to." disappoint you but you've been sucking on my arm for the past five minutes that would have been, would have been maybe a little bit over on the nose little, right 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 a little on the nose in a film that's filled with subtlety yeah. yes did i mention the fart scene and how happy it makes my father oh god Yes, we're gonna keep Daddy happy. Yes, <laughs> that in the scene where the horse gets punched out. Horse gets punched. Mongo punches a horse. You know, Mongo knocks the horse out. Yes, I love Mongo. That's the one character I understand Richard Pryor really dove into. Yeah, what do you think about Mongo pawn in Game of Life? In Game of Life, <laughs> Mongo pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> I love friggin' Mongo. Alex Karras. <laughs> Alex Garrett. Fresh from football career. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. Uh, you talk about Not this. Not to be confused with George Papadopoulos, which is what I do all the time. Nobody else ever does that. He looks like George Papadopoulos. Does he? He's got that big bushy mustache. And he's a big burly white man. I, I think you just got you got just the one <laughs> one white big burly white man in your face. I don't I just that. want to say George Papadopoulos. That's it. That's a funny name. Can say, I can say George Papadopoulos. Did you did you best somebody one American dollar that, <laughs> that I could say George fit that into the show? <laughs> Papadopoulos. Now you owe your brother a dollar. Um you were talking about the cast. I don't want to sleep on another person who should have been nominated for an Academy Award. Harvey Corman. Harvey Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman. Hedy Lamar. 
Headley. Headley. <laughs> you actually just you actually just did it. I know. I was setting you up. Headley. Headley. <laughs> oh my God, he's the best straight man of all time. I mean, look, look, just legends. I mean, I'm just. I, I, I'm 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 so of, glad that we're doing this movie because. We usually don't get the chance to talk about Harvey Corbin. I know, Cor- I know. This is the right? first time we've been able to bring up I'm Harvey Corbin. I'm sort Cor- of fascinated that <laughs> it is 1974. And they're at that this really, really fertile period in all of their careers. Yeah, Harvey Corman's at the height of his career. You know, it's like uh, Carol Burnett show. Carol Burnett. Uh, you know, we just talked about Madeline Kahn. Mm-hmm. Dom DeLuise is in there for a minute. Mel Brooks as a player. Uh, Slim Pickens. We yeah, haven't yeah. mentioned Slim Pickens. Yeah. He's probably near. He's near the end of his career, right? Mm-hmm. Right, but you know they're all so vital and alive yeah. in '74, yeah, and still irreverent. You know, like like they're not far enough along that they're quote unquote legends. Like they're still performing right. in '74. Okay, I got you. You, you know, you see what Slim I'm saying. Slim is probably a legend by then, though. Yeah, he Slim's, was. Slim's all right. Well, Slim's a legend. Slim's a legend. Yeah, but you know, the re- like they're still working performers, mm-hmm. but they're at the height of their powers. Oh yeah, and you know, it's just just fantastic. Yeah, there's there's even Rodney Allen Rippey, the the little the the baby Bart. Is, oh yeah, I think I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, a little at, when, when it, yeah, that's 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 him sitting in the. Uh, okay, well, there. You know, there's Rodney Corp. Allen Rippey. Yeah, you know. And, and trust me, it's the best thing he's ever done. It probably I'm is. I'm a fan of the Burger King commercials. Oh, God, yes. Thank you. Because he's a little guy, but then he's holding this huge burger that looks even bigger because he's a little guy. Yeah. So, um, see, listen, you beans, see what happened? The beans made them fart. Mm. It's the beans. <laughs> okay, Bobby. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, Rodney was, uh, what's that? Who's the other little guy that came along and became a, a child star that no one likes anymore? Oh, Gary Coleman? Yeah. I mean, he Rodney was like pre-Gary. Actually grew well, up and was, had some yeah, sense. He was. Yeah. He was, he was also pre- um, Emmanuel Lewis. Emmanuel Lewis. Oh, yes. Who starred on the show Webster. <laughs> alongside. Alongside Alex. No, no. <laughs> George Papadopoulos. <laughs> it's every week. <laughs> every week, Bobby. Same bad time, same bad place. <laughs> this is what this is. So are you sure that they're George Papadopoulos and Alex Karras aren't the same person? I'm quite certain. Are you? That. Yes. Are you? Anyway. <laughs> I'm not with you, Vince. I am not. Okay, we haven't talked about the person that y'all y'all went on about, Gene Wilder, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who I think I know Cleveland Little's kind of playing like the straight man, but I don't see him as a straight man. I just see him straight as a leading man. In right. This. And I see like to me, he's the leading man, and the Waco kid, Gene Wilder, is the sidekick. Right. And it's very it, it's not often Gene. Wilder is put in that role. He usually is the lead mm. or the straight man of a duo like he is with Richard Pryor. Right. Um, and I think he is loving it in this movie that he can just basically be the nut job. <laughs> Good point. He could just he could just basically just have fun, you know, 
you know, the, I'm, I'm the Waco kid. I'm quick and, you know, like, and, and just, just be an, uh, fully nuts the entire film. The gunslinger who never has a gun. Never. Never has a gun. Never has a gun. But there's something sinister underneath it. Like underneath the Waco kid, underneath Gene Wilder's performance, like I love, I love this this period of Gene Wilder, like like Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, and Willy Wonka. These, this is my favorite Gene Wilder, because there's this kind of vein of danger right underneath it, hmm. where you know he's funny and he's Gene Wilder and he's charming, but there's something kind of unsettled well because he because he's a weird looking man he's a weird looking man he has weird energy yes but later on in his career when and you know we were talking earlier about how richard pryor would have changed the energy and i think richard pryor brought out something different in gene wilder Mm -hmm. where he's kind of almost bumbling when you think of something like busting loose okay yeah 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 and and you know he's kind of bumbly there's nothing bumbling about gene wilder in this like he's no. wild but but there is something that i really like like i really like this gene wilder yeah, you know why is he for the he's competent mm-hmm. he actually is the waco kid the waco kid is not you know just facility you know made up persona he actually is it's just you know he's just so damn fast you know and there's a beat gun. Where he tells the story about how he stopped gunfighting, mm-hmm. and he says he turned around and, and he looked and was a six year old holding a gun. There's a quick beat where you wonder, did he shoot that kid? And then immediately he gives the punchline. But that beat where you wonder is where I live with Gene Wilder at this moment hmm. because you do wonder. But yeah, I love Gene Wilder. Love him. He's coming to the barbecue, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know about this Gene Wilder. You got to watch this Gene Wilder. Maybe bust and loose Gene Wilder. Hmm. Uh, I think this Gene Wilder. All right. Well, we can put Am I hosting? Because if I'm hosting, just, I can't Just make sure. Really you know he's going to bring the liquor. Right. Well, see, I can't really be drinking. I mean, when he falls Gene. off that top bunk and still has a bottle stashed under the <laughs> bottom bunk. Like, you know. This is a man that enjoys his bourbon. And no, they also, you know, this this movie was pretty progressive. I mean, not only, yeah, was he drinking, but they they did they did pass the the doobie. Yes, they did. Yeah, yes, they did. And let they it be did. known they were passed. He let it really be known. Yeah. that the doobie had been passed. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's like, hmm, that was a a hit for all the folk that I was in high school with at the time because it was oh, just yeah. like say. Yeah, because it was just like it was like boom right out right. there, and it was adults. That's right, and it was adults. So jeans come Competent to the barbecue. Adults. I this jean can come to the barbecue. All right. Yes, I don't know about busting loose, see no evil, hear no evil, jean. I didn't really dig that jean. I All like right. this jean, young Frankenstein jean. He can come to the barbecue. Putting on the ribs. Yeah, putting on the ribs. <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> let me. Let me. I, I'll, I'll share. Don't get me giggling. I'll, sh- I'll share a tale. I was walking home uh, with my daughter. She was about four or five years old at this time. Uh, I just picked her up from her mother's. And I'm walking home, and I had just seen Young Frankenstein maybe two days before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was it was fresh in my mind. 
So I'm just walking, kind of like humming to myself, you know. And then out of the blue, my daughter, who did not watch the movie with me, right, stops on the sidewalk and says, I said, my child. I know, right? It's like one of those moments. <laughs> yes. I have reproduced well. Oh, God, no, stop. I'm not going to go there. So, that movie is always at a special place. Yes. Yeah. In my heart. I'm, I'm, a, I'm so happy that y'all are, uh, are going into your very, very special places today. Well, that's where we're going. Now, but here's the thing, though, hmm. Bobby. Yeah. Here With your selection right. of Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. Would you consider this a black movie? Yeah. Okay. Because? The lead actor. I mean, your um, the promo image that you yes. pulled, that you shared mm-hmm. on, on social media. Who's at the top? Who's Cleavon Little? Cleavon is there with the sun shining in and everything else. I mean, and what's the underlying topic? I mean, being black is addressed throughout this whole movie. Well, yes. Yeah. You can't escape it. No, you can't. It's, it's the, you know. The sheriff is a nippon. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yes, this is, I consider this black. And I'm going to tell you, it's also black because of what ultimately happened to Cleavon Litter, little afterwards. His career. Mm-hmm. His career. You know, I mean, sure, I, we're kind of joking about Gene Wilder, but Gene Wilder ended up um, uh, living to the age that most white men in America that have money live to, which is in his 80s. Right, know? right. Cleavon was what fifty two, three or something like that. Yep. He couldn't get an an employment. He had no offers for three years Mm -hmm. after starring in this movie. Yeah. And the first offer he gets is for FM, that kind of WKRP in Cincinnati ish. I was about to say that. Yeah. Which had a better soundtrack, really, just one song, FM by. Right. You know. um, Donald Fagan and Walter ba- Becker, but I mean, it's it's abysmal. Yeah, that Cleavon never had another role of this ilk of right. this import. Yeah, and that he basically died the way, unfortunately, black men in America die. Right, mm-hmm. colorectal cancer in his fifties. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine said something years ago, and I have found it to be more true than not. The hardest decade for a black man to exit is his fifties, and I mean the statistics bear it out. And stories like the life of Cleavon Little are are additional evidence of that. I mean, um, this movie is praised Cleavon though is not praised enough he's not and I'm just like let's give this brother his due yeah and this movie really you know like you said he 
he's a celebrated actor. You mm-hmm. know, he won a Tony Award for his role in Pearly. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, oh, I always think about him in Pearly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he was a song and dance. Melba Moore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, he did some things on television. Um, actually won an Emmy for a role in Dear John on an episode of Dear John. That was in the 80s, 89. Mm-hmm. Um, but He's great in Grease Lightning. Good in you know, Grease Lightning. Talking about Richard Pryor. But he, but really, th- when you think of Cleavon Little, this is it. This, this is, is it. This go. is it. This is it. You know? The beginning and end right. of the conversation. Regard. This is a Juilliard trained, yeah, yeah, actor. I mean, what he's bringing to the 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 table is no joke. This man was a a thespian of the highest order. Yeah. <sighs> And from what I understand, and you don't you don't know the full story, but I haven't heard any stories where he was his own worst enemy. Exactly, because right. you've heard because you, you hear stories like that all the time, and then it's like, well, dude, you know, you got in your own way. You don't hear that with Cleveland. not at all. Maybe he might have been maybe a little bit too humble. You know, uh, maybe sometimes you gotta like like pump your chest up a little uh, out there a little bit more uh it's a shame it's a tale as old as time we've talked about it all the time here on the show we sure do Uh, so many actors especially actresses who just don't for one reason or another don't get the shine i mean you know they deserve black actor in the 70s of this type of speed and Mm -hmm. tempo and tone Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know I don't know where Cleavon Little would have worked in the 70s. And then you go into the 80s, which is a wasteland as well. It's it's a shame. Mm. You, you know, he really, you really see him in the type of roles that start opening up in the 90s. Mm. And now, frankly. The, like roles that he, roles right. where he would have been. That, right. Yeah. That he would have been well suited for. Yeah. That are given to black actors. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there are roles he could have had, but. You know, I have to employ all those mediocre white actors. I'm, I'm, you know, he appeared in a special Christmas episode of Alf. (sighs) Sigh, sigh. There is an interview that I found that I am just entranced by. And it was uh, during uh, his 1985 role that he had. I am not Rappaport. That Mm -hmm. was in uh, New York. Yeah. And. You know, he mentions, I got to give the interviewer credit because he he really gets him to it because you can tell that that Cleavon wasn't really trying to go down this road. And he talks a bit about why he wasn't, he didn't feel playing Sheriff Bart was fulfilling to him. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But... This is the the part, and I'll just, because I, I actually transcribed it before I came here. And he says, the past 10, 12 years have not been great years of doing film for me. In film, I've done one major role, and that was Blazing Saddles. After that, for three years, I didn't get an offer. The interviewer says, why not? And this is where he's very diplomatic in his answer. He says, this I don't know. Yes, we can conjecture on a lot of things. I have some ideas. And it's the cliche thing in terms of being black. But I don't like to rely on that as being the reason for my not working. Once I do that, 
I should give it up and get out of it because it's too defeatist of an attitude. Mm -hmm. So then the interviewer says, are black men and women getting the roles that they should be getting in film and on television? And his response, this is where he goes a little deeper. I feel as though we have a real major problem in the industry totally. And it goes to mention that the integrated cast of Hill Street Blues mm. and the success of The Color Purple. The general public doesn't have that problem. The problem has to do with the producers and their own fears. That is, that the general public would not want to see us. The general public wants to see a talent. They want to see someone talented. The proof of that is with Eddie Murphy, Cosby, and Pryor. The sad commentary from my point of view as an actor is that these are all comedians who act. They act all right. They're fine. But they also have the prerogative to go and do stand-up comedy. I'm talking about your James Earl Joneses, Moses Guns, Cecily Tyson, Roscoe Brown, Luke Gossett, or your Cleavon Little. I'm talking about a lot of fine actors who should be doing roles that don't call for just black, but calls for the best possible talent. Mm. Same stuff, different day. Yeah. 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 And there's, I mean, you, you could, he could have said this yesterday. Yeah, he absolutely could have. He could have. The, the difference with it today, I feel, is that you do have actors and or slash celebrities that are trying to exercise their their way their power in in the industry in some way to make way for that say what you will about Tyler Perry and his movies and I will say plenty about them but the one thing I will also say is that he is a guy that does reach back and give roles to people who maybe haven't seen a whole lot of roles lately you know you can say what you want of the roles but he's giving them roles say uh for as uh you look at uh ryan coogler with um black panther you know he did he did creed then he gets black panther and he's he is steadfast in making sure that that has the aesthetic that it has so that it feels so that this you know made up country feels as authentic as it does, Ava DuVernay with with her work, Jordan Peele with with his work. Even if you step outside of Hollywood and look at the the power that LeBron James has been able to wield with his career and in uplifting not only his 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 crew and his family, but getting so many projects started uh, out there. And, and making sure that everyone eats the way they're supposed to eat. We just read a story about how he made sure um, that Octavia Spencer, Octavia Spencer got mm -hmm. equitable pay right. for the Adam C.J. Walker right. uh, project they're doing for Netflix. So I, I think, you know, today we are seeing a, a, a shift, uh, you know, baby steps and um i think that that holds some promise for the future you know when i 
reflect on on that quote that I just read, I think that, you know, here's an actor who, if allowed, and you can you can feel it, I think, and see it in his portrayal of Sergeant Bart. He played that not as a black man, but as an actor. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, that just kind of underscores the, I guess, I don't know. It's almost like the mirror and mirror kind of effect. If you're in something and then you're doubly in it in its own kind of crazy way. Right. You, you know, he he was still trying to to be that, the best actor he could be in this role that's been crafted around his race, mm-hmm. but that he's still being the best person possible in that character. Right. I can only imagine the kind of life that, you know, he had to live and the struggles um, um, that he had. And when he looks, yeah. right. Yeah. And you, you can't, Tell me, you know, stress will kill you as sure as a bullet. Absolutely. And you you can't tell me. And they, they say, you know, he had stomach problems and issues all of his life. Um, you, you, you can't tell me that on the other side of Blazing Saddles, that as he looks to his left and he looks to his right, and he even sees the guy they wouldn't hire, a Richard Pryor. Right become now a right. major screen star yeah. despite his issues exactly many issues right. yep true you know true. I, I mean wow you know you just just being eaten alive yeah. from the inside um yeah, yeah you know th- when he was rattling off those names i'm sitting there i'm like james earl jones james earl jones kept on eating but second he says moses gun i'm like yeah you're right man mm-hmm. that's roscoe name. lee brown okay those two names yeah. well roscoe I mean, like they both, well, both of them. I mean, steady work. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like right, to you me, would see him, to but... me, like I would see Ro- Roscoe Lee Brown. Like, was he getting all the work he he should have? Probably not. You, mm-hmm. of course. But I would. He was a presence. I saw him on television. I saw him in movies. I saw James Earl Jones, and then James Earl Jones gets Star Wars, and he's like, you know, he's eating for big time. But like a name like Moses Gunn, mm-hmm. Moses Gunn, man, you you didn't you didn't see him a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they, so when he said that one, I was like, yeah, yeah you're right, man. Shoes, shoes. We were talking about uh, amazed at the filmography of, um, oh, now what's his name? Paul, not Paul Winfield. Who, who, Doctor, Doctor, the Jekyll and Hyde movie, horror movie. Black that guy was Paul. That. that wasn't Paul Winfield. Was that Paul Winfield? It was Paul Winfield. Was it? Uh, was it George Papadopoulos? <laughs> you know, it. <laughs> Paul Winfield. It always strikes me that, you know, towards the end of his life, I think he was uh, he was doing one of those crime um, shows. Mm-hmm. He was the the host of, and and it it was just starting to pick up when he passed away mm. in the aughts mm. and i was just like wow paul you you've been here for so long and this is this is how you say goodbye yeah you know Cleveland little sister dietta little was the co-vocalist along with nelson pigford 
on Gotta Fly now. The Bill Conti, Rocky. Oh, really? Right. So uh, that's got, a good pull. Gotta Fly now, and um, you take my breath away. The two duets, the love portion of the Rocky soundtrack. Right. And um, Reverend Little. Um, who is is still alive? She pretty much went underground. Um, I mean, she's kind of resting on her residuals, but a dynamic vocalist. And um, um, after the success of Rocky, which was a totally unexpected yeah. hit, yeah, oh, yeah, she just she just went underground, and yeah. she just came up for air. Um, maybe about five years ago, she uh-huh. she she gave one or two interviews. Hmm. Um, she rarely mentions her brother, but that just lets you know the talented family. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, that the littles are. Yeah, the actor I was thinking of was Bernie Casey. Oh God, oh, Paul love- Bernie Casey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I went Paul. I get them confused, but it was Bernie Casey. Right. Right. Um, would you so so would you would you recommend people see? Oh yes, Blazing Saddles, definitely. Yeah, I I would recommend it. Um, I would also recommend the Proviso. Um, I'm I've never been a fan of the N word, um, but I am a fan of of anyone who can take the. Mm, negative situation that they find themselves in and turn it around and work it to their advantage. Um, There's a lesson to be learned in how Cleavon Little carries Sheriff Bart. Yes. Mm. And I mean, you know, in the end, he really does come out on top. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He leaves in a limo. That's That's right. right. You know, I mean, that's right. It's you, you don't, you know, still wearing Gucci. He was on to that mm-hmm. that second Gucci set. Yes, he was. So was you clean. know, no doubt about it. He has some fine vines <laughs> that he was wearing. Would you recommend Blazing Saddles, Vince? I would absolutely recommend Blazing Saddles. Not only would I recommend it, I would recommend it. You watch it however many many times you need to watch it and crack up, and then once it, you kind of gotten used to it watch it again because it's a lot smarter than you may think it is especially when you fast forward past the fart scene no 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 no. you need the fart uh, scene to provide context here's the thing and farts i watched the fart scene i fast forward through some of the bugs bunny stuff oh candy grab for mr mongo i've seen it i'm 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 feeling you yeah. Would you recommend it? I would recommend it. I would recommend it. Uh, I, I enjoyed this film. I There's a part of me that as much as crazy as the end is, I think if you haven't watched it, watch it. Enjoy it. Yes. Watch it a couple of times. Then after that, watch it like Vince said. It is smarter. There's a point where you're trying to turn off the end. I'm, I'm just oh, like, yeah. I'm like, all right. I, I've seen pie fights. Yes. The one thing we have not addressed. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, it is one of the big questions that is posed in the film. But where are the white women? Where are the white women? No. (laughs) 
Where, where the, the white, white women, women at? at? Where the white women at? <laughs> so I guess we are all recommended. All recommended. Blazing, Blazing Saddles, Saddles, ladies and all gentlemen. Right. You need to check this movie out. Yes. Holla. It is streaming someplace. Go check it out. And then, okay. Suppose Blazing Saddles hmm. is the young moviegoers intro to Cleavon Little, we know. Mm. But it's an intro into the world of Mel Brooks. <laughs> and now they want to maybe try and sample some more Mel Brooks. Where do they go next? Young Frankenstein? Young Frank- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's polar opposites, but again, satires on some movie forms because mm-hmm. now we're talking yeah. about the horror movie. I was movie. about yep. to say, that's right. Yep. And again, I I could care less about westerns. Western was those those dry movies that came on on Saturdays, and I hated them. And I had to watch them because that was the only thing on because you didn't have options then. But horror movies were something I kind of you know I got the joke and the <laughs> the silliness of right, it. Right. I never loved a horror movie more until I saw Young Frankenstein. Oh, that, yeah. that opened it up for yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I was going to say, that that's where you go. Mm. And honestly, that's where you stop. <laughs> I mean, it, Mel's got a couple, you know, halfway decent movies after that. But really, right. you, don't, you only need those two. I know there's people that kneel at the altar of Spaceballs. You're all fools. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Spaceballs is overrated. I, very, yeah, very overrated. It wasn't it like tw- ten years too late. Uh, it did. Yes. It, oh, for a satire, I mean, for uh, yeah, it it was, and it just sucks. It did. It did. It it it, it sucked balls. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bobby, thank you so much. Yes. Holla! I had fun. This has been a pleasure. This has been this has been. We have to do this again. Absolutely. Just call me. Right. You know where to find right. me. All right, at Bobby Booker, you know I'm well, around. Well, there you go. So that's if you want to get in 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 bed with Bobby Booker, go to at Bobby Booker. Yeah, I know E. Thank you. That's All right. right. That's right. Um, this is this has been a joy. We've got to do it again um, sometime soon, um, and 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 make things make magic happen. Yeah. Now that you know where the the bat alpha base is, so yes, you can come. Aw, shucks. Aw, shucks. <laughs> Your secret is safe with me. Your location is secret safe with me. Well, I got Eartha Kit on watch. She watches everybody that comes down the steps. So she makes sure. All right. Ooh. <laughs> My girl. Go ahead, baby. Go ahead, baby. She mm. jingling. Mm-mm-mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this show will be available for your download and streaming pleasure. Come to morn on um, where you found it. I forgot. It's a podcast first. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm doing the radio show. I, I slipped into Black Troubles. I'm sorry, Vince. I'm sorry. <laughs> Slip on back out. I, I'm out. All right. I'm out. So, this show will be available as in a very shortened form as a radio show on every Saturday at 1 p.m. on WPPM 106.5 FM, Philly Cam, People Power Media in Philadelphia and Camden. And you can wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday morning. Monday mornings with 
Me Show at 9 a.m. on WKDU 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. Thank you, each and every one of you. If you want to help us out, go to the podcatcher of your choice, especially if it's iTunes. Leave us a ranking and rating that helps people find the show. Like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Michelle Mission. Join the missionaries having a whole lot of fun in the Michelle Mission Facebook group and email us all your thoughts and concerns at Mission at gmail.com. Michelle is spelled M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X. And Vince's blog on the Michelle mission will be debuting in two weeks. It's true. It will. In two weeks, Vince will be debuting the blog on our website, MichelleMission.com. And what is your first first post going to be, Vince? The Popeye's lady. Yes. Vince has a thing for the Popeye's lady. Popeye's lady, AJ Johnson. I'm a complicated man. Do you get any chicken out this deal? I don't. It is a pure love. Unrequited. Unrequited. Mm. But unrechickened. Maybe not mm. long. Maybe not long. We'll see what happens when the blog posts. Yes. Mm-mm-mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this show is also available on the Podglomerate podcast network of curated podcasts just for you. Go to thepodglomerate.com. Check out all that they have. For your listening pleasure. Yeah, we got to get out of here. Oh, hey, you can do the Bat Triple of favor, ladies and gentlemen, on Instagram. I have a little comic strip that I put out there every weekday. It's called Batman's Whiteboard on Instagram. Put in a silly little, stupid little joke. Vince seems to like it, so I keep doing it. I do. (laughs) Um, He's the one that gets the jokes. I have people that hit me up like, I don't understand. Um, But... I like doing it. So check it out. Batman's whiteboard on Instagram. All right. We got to get out of here. He's Vince. I'm Len. And in party, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.